Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Woo! Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Poor Man's Podcast Sports Extra with Sports Guy JP. Sports Guy JP, how are you this week? I'm doing great. How's it going over there? Um, it's just fine. Just uh, just got some breaking, well, not so breaking news, but breaking news in the last hour or so. Uh, our good buddy, uh, Chase Claypool, sent to the Chicago Bears for a second-round pick. JP, let's uh, let's kick off with this news. What, what, what are your uh, immediate thoughts? I love the move, and I know a lot of the uh, Yinzers and uneducated, unintelligent Steeler fans are going to say it was a dumb move to trade Claypool. I think it was a great move getting a second-round pick for a wide receiver who you weren't likely going to extend anyway is the right move. I think Deontay Johnson has been the better receiver, the pure number one on this team since Antonio Brown's left. And I think George Pickens is an up-and-coming um, number one in the future. So I think getting rid of Claypool opens up more opportunities for them. And fetching a second-round pick from the Chicago Bears is huge. That's I, I can't with, believe they got uh, a second. The Dolphins forfeiting. The Dolphins um, also having to forfeit a first-round pick due to the tampering allegations. Mm-hmm. That, that's the pick out of the draft as well. I'm thinking top 40 pick when it's all said and done, potentially. That's when I first heard about it. That's exactly what I thought was like pick forty. So uh, I, f- I feel like I, I heard a couple people uh, pick, uh, just uh, I guess predict that it would be pick forty. So um, I feel like it would be in that range. Like you were just saying, uh, they're not going to extend Claypool. This season's pretty much a wash. Uh, so let's get something in return. And I cannot believe it. I cannot believe they got a second round pick like that. I mean, uh, like we said, a top 40 pick, like you're going to get a first round talent that could have dropped potentially. Yeah. And I love it too, because uh, I mean, Juju, AB, Le'Veon Bell, Chase Claypool, all these guys that were deemed team distractions are now out of the locker room. Um, and I think that's going to be crucial for the development of this team going forward. Um, Disappointingly, though, um, I saw Roquan Smith got dealt to the Ravens for a second and a fifth. I feel like Steelers may have been able to pawn Claypool in the draft pickoff. Maybe have gotten Smith out of the deal to solidify the middle. But, I mean, you know, it it doesn't work out that way. Now he's playing for Baltimore. That's that's another uh, division playmaker. Um, uh, Baltimore's defense is is looking pretty, pretty stout. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Roquan Smith's young, talented. Um, one of the best middle linebackers in the game today, actually, when you look at the scarcity of it, it's not as, um, um, I, I guess, like in-depth in as it used to be, I think, just with the way you have to play defense in today's day and age. But I think he's a playmaker that's going to be a great fit for Baltimore. But I would like to have seen him come here with the need they have to fill the inside. But I'm excited to fetch a second-rounder for Claypool. I think that the, the value was uh, tremendous. You're right about that. I feel like 15 years ago, I can't believe I'm even saying that, 15 to 10 years ago, um, the the middle linebacker was such a more of a big part. I mean, it's the quarterback of the defense, and it's still there, but it's it's not like the the big playmakers. I mean, you we used to see Ray Lewis. Brian Erlacher. There's, you know, even on the Steelers, James Harris, or James Harrison, James Ferrier. Uh, Zach Thomas. There, I mean, remember all these guys? Uh, these weren't. It's hard to see in today's game any of them being outside of Bobby Wagner, who will be in the Hall of Fame. It's kind of early to tell. I mean, Fred Warner is an absolute playmaker. I think Darius Leonard's great, but yeah, it's just the the buck kind of draw or ends there. And I mean, there are plenty of good ones where Roquan Smith falls in, but yeah, I think um, accumulating him to the middle of that team would have been a great asset. 
Yeah, I, I just feel like it, it used to be such a a bigger position, and uh, now you just see the pass rushers, and then you see like specialty. Well, I guess the game is open up. There's more of a passing game, so you kind of have to match. You go in more of a nickel and dime more often than that standard base defense when there was a fullback in the game. Now, since the game's changed, you kind of see the defense keeping up with it. And I guess uh, the the lesser of the run game, power run game, eye formation type run game, you see the less of the middle linebacker. And you did. I was going to get to that point. I feel like of the last 10 to 12 years, Bobby Wagner's kind of the, the, the gold standard for the inside linebacker. And then I feel like it drops off from there. Yeah, he kind of Patrick Willis that, was like uh, the last, or Luke Keekley. Some guys like that were probably the last ones. Yeah, and Bobby Wagner was like the last of kind of like that transitional period from uh, run and play defense to the pass game we see today. Um, uh, another thing too, I'm surprised Bears were the team to move in for Claypool. Um, I don't know if they were trying to get their hands on him to avoid him going to Green Bay, so they f- were willing to give up a second. Uh, I think for a team that's rebuilding, I know. Fields has shown some progress, and uh, they got Cole Komet at tight end, uh, Mooney at receiver, two decent running backs. So it's another piece that they're building around, and um, m- maybe they're going to see if this is you know a make or break for Justin Fields. Not they think they have another wideout that can help them out, and uh, if it doesn't work out, they'll be picking early enough to draft uh, their next quarterback if they need to. This is another one we were talking about the Green Bay potential trade uh, last week or the week before. And we were saying how it could be like a win for both teams. If Chase Claypool plays up to his potential, the way he like acts like he could play, like his rookie year, he was pretty good. And now he has this attitude like he's done something, but it's been a couple years. If he can play up to his potential in Chicago, I mean, that could work out for both teams. He absolutely has talent. He's a big body. Maybe with somebody uh, like Justin Fields, Maybe they do run more go go routes like uh, like Claypool wants. I don't know. Maybe a change of scenery is better, but I feel like Chicago isn't the place to go for the air attack uh, historically. Right. Historically, they don't have any good quarterbacks who really think of it, and uh, they haven't had a great wide receiver, I don't think, in franchise history. So they're an old-school Wait, who are, who are even good? I mean, they had what Brandon Marshall for a little bit. Him and Alshon Jeffrey were a great duo, but outside of that, when you really look at the Bears' history, they've never really had a great quarterback or receiver. It's, You're looking it's at like Pittsburgh. It's yeah. all running backs and defense. Yeah, That's what it's been. There's guys like Kyle Orton and Rex Grossman and uh, Jay, uh, Cutler. Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler was probably their best quarterback. Do you think Jay Cutler was their best quarterback ever? If they had an all-time team, if we're talking about just talent, not personality, okay? because Jim McMahon would totally make it for that, just talent, who do you think is the best Chicago Bear quarterback? If they had to pick a team, if you had to put a, a team out right now. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it comes down to Cutler or um, Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon did get the Super Bowl, which goes away. Um, a long way, but when you really, that's what I'm saying. Like, look at their history. They've never really had like that pro bowl level quarterback, definitely not a hall of fame level. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you're really probably looking at Jay Cutler or Jim McMahon. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Um, and then you're looking at wide receivers. I remember when, uh, I guess when they were in the super bowl, who'd they have Moose and Muhammad was even on then Bernard Barry and possibly, I can't even remember who was on that super bowl team. Right, like exactly, it was run and play defense. <laughs> That's what the Bears have been priding themselves on since you know the Gale Sayers days. Yeah, so we'll see. Like I said, I think uh, Claypool has potential, uh, possibly in a different offense. But I like, I like I the, the best. Was that? I think the best part about all of this actually is the fact that Matt Canada now can't run a jet sweep with Chase Claypool anymore. <laughs> yeah, that, that is like the, one of the first things I thought. The first thing was, I can't believe Chicago traded. I can't believe they gave up a, a second-round pick for Claypool. And then the third was, I, I'm so glad to not have to see this. He's not like the body. Th- I don't understand. I, don't, I just don't understand Canada's offense. He's such trash. So, who who moves into that three role for the Steelers? Then is it going to be Miles Sims? Boykin? 
Maybe. Or Sims. You maybe. see Sims S- more often. Sims has shown some explosiveness, actually, in the past couple I, I like Sims as a returner, absolutely. The, the two guys that I've liked to see more often is Sims. I and mean, I'm not saying he's going to step in and be the savior. But I do think he has some wiggle in him. And I think uh, out of you know the, the results we've seen, we don't see these wide receivers that are scoring touchdowns. So why not try something? I don't. I don't know. I like him in the return game a lot, a lot more than Gunner. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I don't think Calvin Austin's going to play this season. So I'd rather band aid this year with Sims or Boykin, whoever has to step up at wide receiver for fetching a second rounder in the future for Claypool. It's it, it, it's a win in my opinion, considering when you think of it, Steelers may be picking very early in the second twice. So I mean that's three top 40 picks or four actually or yeah three three yeah so and, that's definitely premier picks and and um the other guy that has kind of impressed me is uh geez i can't jalen warren yeah jalen warren again outrushed Najee this past week as a matter of fact he only um had six carries but he turned into 50 yards um that's over eight yards a carry yeah he keeps that up we're in the hall of fame it's nice to see just positive yards gained in the running game because it's just always you see Najee kind of running up the middle, nothing. He's trying to, like, hit the home run every time. It's just – it's not – I don't – this whole offense is trash. I don't know. I, it's hard to, like, even gauge what's good or if it's just the play calling. I feel like it's on the play calling more. And then you hear these guys who are saying, Kenny Pickett even – uh, they don't study the way they should. Like, it, there's a lot. Even in this last game, in the game before, you see these pre-stat penalties, these lining up wrong. These are all mental errors. I, I, it comes down on coaching and preparation for that. Yeah, and, and uh, Kenny Pickett's gotten some backlash. People are saying that why is he running his mouth if he's not playing well either? But when he says they're not studying enough, he's absolutely right about that. Najee Harris called him out, said there needs to be more accountability on the team, and they're both right. Like you said, there's pre-snap miscommunications everywhere, Um, false start penalties, penalties that your team's barely capable of converting a first and 10. Now it's a first and 15. You're set for failure. You can't run the ball. You're struggling to pass the ball because you're not running anything across the middle. they the coaching either doesn't have the faith in Kenny Pickett or Kenny Pickett's not good. And I don't know what it is because there's no identity here. Um, if you don't think Pickett's capable of making these plays, you should not have picked him in the first place. Yeah. And if you think he is capable and you're trying to develop him, take these chances. I think it's just an, a simple solution like that. Let him take chances. And if they're not there, well, like like you said, the season's a wash anyway. Right, and it's not like they're not turning the ball over every single game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're th- they've thrown substantially more interceptions than touchdown passes this year. Losing Claypool, they lost uh, a guy that was a touchdown away from practically leading the team in passing touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that play, I feel like, says so much. Like it was a cool play the way it worked out. I knew when they when I they sent him in motion and he had it. I was like, he has to be throwing it or something because he started veering backwards almost a little bit. Which I mean, I could see that in a Steelers uh, skill player just running side to side. But uh, it was it was a cool play. Uh, Derek Watt is now what four million dollars per touch now. Um, it, it's it was cool, but like I feel like it also says. I have no faith that we can gain one yard as an offense. I agree with you. And the thing is, if the Chiefs would have ran that play, people would be like, oh, look at the play design by Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid. Yeah. And, and then because it's like, oh, wow, they can create good plays. They trick you on the goal line. That's what the Chiefs do. When the Steelers and Matt Canada do it, they're not doing it because they're confident executing it. They're doing it because they can't execute anything else. And they're doing a reverse jet sweep pass where you know you only score because it's a broken play on the defense it's not because of skill yeah absolutely yeah yeah. you can't line up on the goal line and play smash mouth football and run the run the ball into the one it's 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 just a really bad team there's no other way of putting it yeah and 
it's hard for me with this. Like, uh, we can't imagine Matt Canada being back next year, right? I don't want to see him finish the year, but we can't imagine him being back next year, which means we're going to have a, an entirely new offense. So it's so hard to kind of gauge who's good or if it's just a trash offense or a little bit of both. Um, but uh, going forward, I, I mean, we have no faith in it. In um, another thing, too, I, I, I want to call out so many people, and I, I was uh, a, a little bit guilty for this as well. But how about everybody um, acro- across the media, across the NFL, and just casual fans? How many times did you hear the Steelers will be better? All they need is a somewhat mobile quarterback. All they need is someone who isn't a tree like Roethlisberger at this stage. Well, guess what? You have it, and your offense is a disaster for granted in ways, the way he was able to win games late, find a way to extend drives. He, he, even like Najee Harris last year had 1,200 yards rushing. There's nothing about this offense that looks good, whether it's Trubisky or Pickett under center. And it's like you got your wish, you got your guy that can move the pocket and do whatever he wants, but you're not scoring touchdowns at all. You're not moving the football, and you're making more turnovers. We didn't see that last year, even with a Roethlisberger or past his prime. Yeah, yeah, and and. Uh... Yeah, I, I was guilty of that too. I was like, oh, maybe if we have a different quarterback. Because Roethlisberger was a, a tree for sure. But then we began to believe, or at least I did, like uh, Roethlisberger's old. He, he can't throw the ball down the field. He can't do all this stuff. And then you see the next year with a guy who can throw. Even like Mitch Trubisky, um, both Kenny Pickett. These guys can, can move and they can throw and the offense still sucks. Yeah, it's the same faces, just a new quarterback. Nothing's working, even in the run game. I mean, maybe teams respected Ben in the past game a little bit more than they respect these guys because, I mean, that, there's nothing working up front, and there's nothing whatsoever working in the past game. And the only time the Steelers were good last year was when, and like, when it was a hurry-up offense. Take the play, calling out of Matt Canada. And Roethlis, I, I don't trust Pickett the way that I would trust Roethlisberger because Roethlisberger was an absolute beast in the two-minute drill kind of thing, just dinking, dunking, taking big plays, and I, I had 100% faith in him. Like, when, if the Steelers had the ball last and they needed to score, Roethlisberger was on it. I heard somewhere, too, that he was, like, improvising a lot late in those games. It wasn't necessarily them sticking to the playbook, and that's that's everything you need to know. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the game where Roethlisberger scored, like, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Like, just let the quarterback dictate. If uh, I just his his offense sucks. Like I, I I keep coming back to that, but but it is. And and like we were saying with the penalties earlier, that's what I wanted to say. They can't afford to take these pre snap penalties and being five to ten yards back when you're only throwing like a three yard per play average. Like I I don't even know what their per play average. I'm gonna have to look to see what that is. But it's well under you know half or a third of the distance to get there. You're not going to go for it on fourth. You can't be doing things like that. If you take a penalty, it's be- you might as well punt, essentially, with the way the Steelers are. Yeah, this team cannot overcome even a five-yard penalty, yet alone a holding penalty that's going to drive you back 10. And again, pick it through almost 40 times this week, no touchdowns, under 200 yards in the interception. It It's just, they're not putting points on the board. Like, like that's that we revealed last week is mind boggling. They have they score the least amount of points and surrender the most. Mm-hmm. That is literally the opposite of winning football games. <laughs> you can't. I'm I'm checking the point differential now. And what did we say it was last week? Like fifty five or something? Yes, yeah, it was not. because I said in honor of the great Devin Bush. Um, this week we have the great Marvell Smith. Yeah, Minus 77. Wow. Uh, and they had a very tough matchup this week, but oh my God. it's And everything we just said about the offense can apply to the defense as well. A.J. A. Brown had himself a day. Should have had four. He looked like the best receiver to ever play the game that day. Uh-huh. And he, he used to be a drag route guy in Tennessee, the big body, get him the ball and run after the catch. That wasn't the case. He was just running streaks down the field, 
No one was covering him. Safeties over top couldn't get to him. Witherspoon got embarrassed three times. Yeah, they they ran the same play four times, scored on three, and almost scored a fourth. Yeah. It it was... (laughs) I mean, the Eagles Eagles look good. Yeah, the Eagles look like they could be the best team in football. Definitely in the regular season, they have a very easy schedule coming up. And uh, we'll we'll see how they are when the playoffs roll around. Um, But yeah, they just absolutely obliviated the Steelers this week. Miles Sanders got 78 yards off just nine attempts for an 8.7 average. And Jalen Hurts just balling out four touchdowns this week. Um, 285 yards, no interceptions. And uh, he only needed 10 yards on the ground um, because you're not going to risk injury to a guy like that when you're putting the game away just immediately. They they yes. looked on they they looked like they could just do whatever they wanted, mm-hmm. and it's a combination of them being a great team and the Steelers not being able to slow anyone down. But yeah, I think uh, Philly should not be taken lightly. Absolutely, their corners are the best in the league. I like the Robert Quinn accusation. Well, J- Jordan Davis. We'll see what happens with the injury, but if he's back on the field, I think he's one of the best uh, defensive rookies um, in football. That defensive front could be one of the best in the league. And remember when uh, the Steelers had Hargrave? Whatever happened with that, they should have really held on to him. Yeah, Javon Hargraves, they did give him a deal at the time that I thought was a little pricey for the Steelers uh, to match, but he's coming along fantastically in Philly. Not to mention, like I said, Jordan Davis, the rookie's playing great, and Fletcher Cox, who's likely going to be a Hall of Famer one day, and now they got Robert Quinn. Paired with the best corner tandem in the NFL, oh my god, that is like the D- Denver defense when they won with Peyton Manning. That's just yeah. You rush the passer, you force them to make bad throws, and they're making bad throws on D backs that are at the top of their game. And you go on offense that can run through anybody with their running backs, quarterback who's making play after play through the air and on the ground, and you can say the best O line in football too. Every unit on that team is top-notch yeah which is the antithesis of the Steelers what what are your thoughts on this other trade with for William Jackson well yeah they got pick swap and William Jackson is um what it was I think it's it's like a depth thing William Jackson's former first rounder that many people haven't heard of which is why he's a bust and I think that I, I, I don't think it makes much of a difference, to be honest. It's more of like a talking point. It's he, He's capable of maybe outperforming the guys they have right now, but it's not saying much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Washington said they were going to cut him, but no one traded for him. So oh. I mean, that says everything you need to know. Yeah, when I saw a player and then swapped picks, that was like, all right, we got to do something. Here you go. Yeah, people love, like, like when they got Justin Gilbert here for, like, a game or two, people were excited. They're like, oh, he's a former first-round pick. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but he's on your team after a year as a first-round pick for a reason. Yeah. And William Jackson, by the way, is 30 years old. I didn't know he was that old already. I was just looking at this. Uh, he was drafted, um, what, 2016 by the Bengals? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's been in the league for a while. Yeah, if, if the Bengals are signing Eli Apple and then you move on, like, again, everything you need to know. Is Eli Apple one of the most hated cornerbacks in the league? <laughs> he, 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 and, and the funny thing is, is that he's actually playing way better in Cincinnati than he ever did in New York. But it seems like he just gets a lot more hate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like players don't like him though either. Yeah, he's he obviously just not very good. I guess he runs his mouth and doesn't perform up to it. Kind of like the guy we just traded in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's. Uh... Is there anything else you wanted to touch on from the Philadelphia Eagle game? I mean, there's so much of 35 to 13 beat down. Um, and, and again, I, I think Philly's one of the best teams. It was a tough matchup. It's a, a good time for a bye week, Steelers. Um, at, and again, it's like you said, I think it's, it's too many stupid penalties. Steelers can't overcome them, and they just really need a reset in, in their culture. Um, Exactly what Najee and Pickett said. They need to do a better job in the film room, better job of being accountable. Because that was even a thing Roethlisberger said when they had AB. It was like, if he performs, he's allowed to do whatever he wants, it seems like. And it seems like some of that trickled down onto 
Juju and Claypool and some of the other guys. I I, 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 I agree that. I agree that it did trickle down like that, but I also believe that nobody performed like A.B. Like, A.B. could do certain things because A.B. was the best wide receiver in the NFL. A.B. Juju was only good when A.B. was here, so he had that false sense of number one pride, which never panned out. He'll He'll always be a pretty decent sidekick, but he'll never be bad, man. Um, I think that's Claypool's responsibility, too. He, yeah. he, he's a sidekick. Yeah, you, you see that. And then, like, with some of the guys, not, or, like, some of the younger guys, too, you see, you see that. Although, I mean, I feel like even when A.B. was before he was what he was, back when they had Emmanuel Sanders and Mike Wallace, like, you kind of saw that then, too. Mm-hmm. Like a, a lack of maturity kind of thing. Yeah, and this is everything. A, a talent like that who ends up going to Central Michigan, you could maybe see that maybe colleges felt that way about him too. Um, but yeah, he was definitely the best wide receiver we've had in years. Steelers do a great job of filling these holes, and uh, I think they'll do the same thing once uh, Claypool's gone. They'll 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 uh, fill that hole immediately. What, what, one thing too, I just wanted to say about the Eagle game. I just stumbled across. Um, Steelers ran 70 plays and finished one of 12 on third down and still got their butt kicked. I believe they were saying during the during the game that they lead the league in three and outs, and I absolutely believe that. Yeah, that's, again, it, it, it's, it's poor playing or it's poor coaching, and they're not going to move off Tomlin. Tomlin's done a lot of good, but there's a lot he needs to improve, and I think that with a league that's pivoting towards offense, like owner, the owners have a decision. They're really going to have to be honest with themselves about. Yeah. Uh, they, they need a coordinator. That's worth something. They, uh, I like I, we were saying last week, I feel like Tomlin's hesitant to hire anybody who would kind of challenge his not authority, but like he is like, he is the, the, the czar, I guess. Like, he wants complete control of his team, even if it's, you know, a, a poor offensive coordinator. I mean, you see these guys like Randy Feetner and stuff. And even the defensive coordinator now seems like he's there. And uh, Ter- Terrell Austin, who's there in name alone. Like, it seems like Tomlin wants his hand on everything, and he can control Matt Canada. Who the hell is Matt Canada? A lot of it, too, is, like, them just hiring from within rather than from the outside. And, uh if you could find guys from the outside that are better, that are going to coach your guys better and put more points on the board and win more football games, that's the responsibility are, of the coach, the head coach, and the owner to make those calls. Is the franchise, like, afraid of moving forward? It seems like they're stuck in the past. Like, And the fan base used to be, like, stuck in the 70s and still is pretty much. Um, but you see this, like, it's like they don't want to adapt or change or the, the guy they are hiring to do that isn't the answer. Yeah, and that's what I said. You see that in Chicago and Green Bay, too, it seems like. Just old ways of doing business. And, uh, I mean, it, it's helped you, uh, historically speaking, up to this point pretty well. But the past couple of years, we're seeing this huge transition in um, the way teams are built and aggressiveness wins. Uh, the last two quarterbacks won Super Bowls spent a decade, over a decade, on other teams. Brady joined Tampa Bay because they were loaded at receiver. Great team. They won the Super Bowl because they were aggressive enough to go out and get Brady and then get Leonard Fournette and guys he recruited. Reigns, same thing. They Sean McVay hasn't had a first-round pick since he's been there. They went on Goth Stafford because Goff losing a Super Bowl wasn't good enough. The bar had to be higher. They go out and get Odell Beckham, you know, Guys that are substantially changing the culture and the performance on the field. Steelers just aren't doing it, and it's a change they need to make. I agree, JP. Now, there's no game next week, so we don't have to preview any of that. Uh, My one question to you going into the Saints game on November 13th, do we expect TJ Watt to be dressed for that game? All signs have said leading up to it that he will be back. Um, if, if I'm the Steelers personally, I'm just going to see how he's feeling. If he wants to go, 
maybe give them a good, but if there's any hesitation in me, I, I wouldn't mind just sitting them out, even if it's for the rest of the year, to make sure he's healthy. Um, the season's a wash. Saints, this is a winnable game for the Steelers. Um, Saints have quarterback issues as well. But, uh, I mean, it, it seems like an evenly matched. I don't know if I want to put T.J. Watt out on the field. Do you think Andy Dalton might be one of the least intimidating quarterbacks to ever have to play? <laughs> Do you think anybody is afraid that Andy Dalton is coming to town? Although Andy mm-hmm. Dalton's a great name for a guy like moseying in on town, the Dalton boys. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Andy Dalton is um, slightly more intimidating when the guy you're going to war with is Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I was going to say that, but I didn't want to throw Pickett under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, Dalton, uh, he, he's he's like a high-level backup. That, that is what he is. He's not a franchise. Saints are going to have a new quarterback by – Jameis Winston might actually have the job by that. So I'm not really too concerned about Andy Dalton or whoever they put under center, but they have more playmakers on their team than Pittsburgh does. Um, Alvin Kamara is coming off a big week. Uh Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas should be healthy, and uh, Marshawn Lattimore is one of the best corners in the game. So um, it's, it's not a very good matchup, I'd say, for the Steelers. You were saying it's a winnable game. I don't think they will. I like. I just don't feel like their offense. Like they can't score points. It's like they're afraid to try to score points. Mm-hmm. And like I said, uh, Trubisky has three touchdown passes on the earth, and Pickett has mm, two. Yeah, that's five touch. Like Mahomes is two or three from Oregon's Baltimore than Steelers have all year. Oh my god! Like crack. Like really think about that. <laughs> they were shown the Eagles have outscored the Steelers all year just from the second quarter, and then like by far it was like one twenty to seventy or something like that. Or no, it wasn't seventy for the Steelers, but like it was they outscored them enough that if the Eagles only scored what they scored in the second quarter, they would have beaten the Steelers like. They'd probably still be undefeated. Mm-hmm. And um, I think TJ T. Watt, you say, who may be coming back, he does change the game substantially if he's in. As a matter of fact, I saw this week, um, TJ Watt was drafted in 2017. Since he's been drafted, the Steelers led the league in sacks every year until this year. If you take out week one, since week two to the present of this season, Steelers rank last in sacks. Wow. It, it really shows how much he means to the team to be healthy, which goes back to your point of let's not rush him back. Let's make sure he's healthy, bring him back, have him ready to go for next year. And I know there's probably some people listening like, oh, the season's not over. Let's not, you know, call it a wash yet. It's over. They're not beating anybody. They can't score touchdowns, which you need to. To win games, you need to score points. Like, that's all part of it. Yeah, like, like we've said the past few weeks, they're just not putting points on the board. And you don't win football games doing that. You, It looks like, like what Tomlin says every week, JV. It's a JV football team is what they have right now. And that's why they're picking early. So hopefully they can use that to get a real uh, game changer. Um, TJ Watt, there's numbers, like I said. That's like the value of a quarterback. Like the value of a guy where your team's leading the league in sacks every, and then you're gone and you're last. That's everything you need to know. Like you're absorbing double teams. So if you're not getting to the quarterback, someone else is. uh, I mean, look at uh, Alex Highsmith was leading the league in sacks after week one. Now he's, (laughs) like we said, average at best. Yes. He he was looking like he was okay for, you know, the beginning. And then it is this. It's probably just another Robin. Let's get into yeah. let's get into your picks. Okay. Number one. All right, number one here. I'm not necessarily the most confident, but I needed to get to five. So um <laughs> first one I'm gonna say is Minnesota minus three and a half versus Washington. Minnesota's finding ways to win tight football games. So I feel like just they're they're very much like the Steelers in the way that they play to their level of competition. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I could see this being a one-point win for Minnesota if given. But I'm going to take a chance because I just feel like they're substantially 
more of a talented team than Washington. Um, Washington, for one, has absolutely no run game. They have this door of different running backs they're using, none of which are performing. Um, they averaged 17.4 points per game over their last three. And in that span, um, or the last four games, I should say, Minnesota's only allowed 50 and a half rushing yards per game against a team that's going to struggle to run and is playing a backup quarterback. And uh, Washington this year, they're 500, but they're 0-3 versus teams with a winning record. Um, I, I like what O'Connell's doing. Uh, Minnesota just got Todd Hawkinson in the trade to pair with Justin Jefferson, Dalton Cook, Adam Thielen. Um, I just think the talent level, I'm going to take Minnesota minus three and a half. You like that? You like that? <laughs> Kirk Cousins back. That was back with uh, with uh, Washington back in the day. Now <laughs> with Minnesota. Revenge a- game, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple years, and we'll see how, how much bad blood he has with Washington a few years later. You like that? You like that? Well, yeah. No, I'm excited. I I love to see Kirk Cousins do well because I think it's hilarious. Did you see the picture of him wearing the chains? Have we talked about this? Oh already? yeah, that was <laughs> that was great. Yeah, he was like looking like a J- J- Joe Namath. <laughs> yeah, I think. I, yeah. I, I didn't know that was Cousins at first. I thought it may have been Brady. <laughs> so I was like, is Brady really doing this? Because I was like, oh, Brady's doing it. That kind of like. I don't love it, but I guess if Brady's doing it, you kind of are like, okay, if he does it, I guess it's okay. And I saw it was Cousins. So I was like, <laughs> uh, maybe do something before you do it. <laughs> from from <laughs> what I heard is like some his teammate put one on him, and then everybody took theirs off and put it on him for the picture. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, it's not like he was walking around. The only thing <laughs> well, he was, yeah, I, he was I, I, missing I, I, in that I, I, picture was funny. a bucket hat, and he would have been straight off of NFL Street. I have to give uh, Kirk, uh, yeah, Captain Kirk, a sh- shout out. Um, he uh, was my fantasy quarterback with Mahomes' bye week, and he had himself a day. So thank you, Kirk. Um, services will no longer be needed for my team, <laughs> but I appreciate it. I-, I held you for about eight weeks on the bench, and you did your job when your number was called. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's a pretty <laughs> solid backup. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, you have Justin Jefferson to throw to, so. Yeah, they. What's up with Alan? Uh, Alan Adam Thielen. I haven't heard much of him. He's a Pro Bowler a couple years ago. He, he he's a great complimentary piece, just like Hawkinson will be. Now that they have him. Jefferson's done, and Cook's your your number two like, offensive playmaker. Oh Je- yeah, Jefferson's just incredible though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean Thielen was a beast without back with uh, Stephon Diggs back in the those days. Um, but yeah, I agree. He's he's a good number two. Let's get to. It's crazy how that worked out, though. How uh, Stephon Diggs was traded for the pick that was used on Jefferson. So it really worked out for both teams. Yeah, really. If not, yeah, it it worked out quite a bit for both teams. Although um, you said he was traded for the pick for Justin Jefferson, so that could mean Justin Jefferson was in Buffalo, which would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, Diggs was very good in Minnesota. I just don't think he would have panned out the way he did if he would have stayed whereas yeah. now he, he could be the best receiver in the NFL. Him and Josh Allen are just on the same page. Josh Allen is just, I think he's the best player in the NFL right now. Yeah, he's incredible. Yeah, Diggs is such a great route runner. and he, he They're just, they look like the best uh, quarterback in the league. Yeah, I agree. Let's get to... Uh... Much like Adam Thielen and Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool. Number two. <laughs> Number two. This week, I'm going to go with Miami minus four and a half against Chicago. Um, Chicago, well, th- th- this line might actually... Do you think switch. Chase Claypool will be in? Now, now that Claypool's there, I mean, <laughs> you, you might want to give Miami plus four and a half. <laughs> oh, wait, is it <laughs> minus four and a half or minus four? Minus four and a half. Okay. I'm going to take Miami, though. Um, so, yeah, to begin, I, I think Fields has come a long way this past week. He, he looked well um, the past in the uh, Patriot game. He actually – or no, no, this past week against Dallas. I'm sorry. He, uh, I saw some more promise in him this week than I have in the past. But he's still the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. He still completes under 60% of his passes – 
and he's going against uh, two on the Dolphins, who completes nearly 70% of his balls. Dolphins are actually undefeated with Tua this year. Roquan Smith's no longer there. Um, and Bears are actually 2-6-1 and one against the spread in their last nine home games. Uh, over the past three games, Miami is second in total yards. And over that span, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle have had over 70 yards apiece in all three games. They have the best receiving duo in the NFL. High-powered offense. I don't know if they uh, play well in December, but they have a team built to win in early November, in September and October. And uh, I think the high-powered offense this week gets them a victory by over four and a half. So give me the Dolphins this week against the Bears. JP, better sitcom family who is a Chicago Bear fan. According to Jim, or Still Standing. Do you remember Still Standing? I, I, I remember Still Standing. I didn't watch it, but I did watch According to Jim, and I've heard multiple people talk trash on multiple or talk trash on according to Jim. I I was like probably like eight when I watched it, so I thought it was kind of funny. I Andy was I'm the best really man. Either one of these shows. <laughs> too too well. Uh, I'm more of a uh, like 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 King of Queens if I have to go with it. Yeah, so come. Oh uh, yeah. Well, but but, yeah. but for the for the, I mean he's he's a he's a Mets fan or a Jets fan or whatever. What what are we going for? According to Jim, verse still standing. Mark Addy, the dad. Uh, if you if you don't know the show, still standing. Mark Addy is the is the dad in it. Uh, he's also uh, Robert Baratheon from Game of Thrones. So uh, if if you were interested into who that is, maybe that can fill you in. Check that out. Sitcom from two thousand two, I believe. And more in more famously, uh, Fred Flintstone and Viva Rock in Vegas. <laughs> That's absolutely true. I forgot he was. Oh wow, he you he forgot, was... but you knew he was in Game of Thrones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, who else was in that? We had, you had Stephen Baldwin. You had uh, who was the guy who played Chip Rockefeller? He was he was in a sitcom. What was he in? Darwin Greg or something? Um, okay, that's right. That was yeah. And then I feel like the guy who played uh, <laughs> what the hell was his name? Mick Jagged. Mick Jagged. Yeah. Mick Jagged in the Stones is the great. He might be the greatest fictional character in any movie. <laughs> like best fictional movie character. It's not Tyler Durden. It's Mick Jagged. <laughs> okay. Did, did did we come down on? You went with according to Jim. I'll go if according to Jim, strictly because I haven't seen much of Still Standing. But I think the majority of people would probably say Still Standing. Do you remember what anybody from Still Standing looked like? Do you remember the wife? No, I actually only remember the, the main actor. Uh, okay. Well, then I was going to ask who had the better wife. I can't remember what. Okay, I think I remember. Yeah, I think Still Standing had the hotter mom. All right. Uh, okay, so we're going Miami over Chicago. I'm glad we we took that detour. Um, let's go to number three. Number three. All right. I'm going to take new England this week, minus five and a half against the Colts. Um, Colts. You said new England minus five and a half. Sorry, JP. Yeah. Yeah. Minus five and a half. Uh, I'm taking a lot of uh, favorites this week, but, um, Ellinger is the starting quarterback for the Colts making his second career start. Belichick absolutely dominates young quarterbacks or guys making least starts in their career. Um, Colt or Ellinger actually struggled last week. He had no touchdowns, and if you take he had a forty-seven yard pass to Alec Pierce, but if you take that out, he only had one hundred fifty-four yards. Um, that's gonna be tough against a New England defense that has been substantial, um, very very great all year. Colts actually have allowed the third most sacks all year. Patriots ranked in the top five. Colts are actually fourth to bottom in total touchdowns scored all year. I think that will only get worse with a new quarterback. Is, Colts are they- actually fired their offensive coordinator today. And uh, m- most importantly, Colts rank first in giveaways and Pats are first in takeaways. So look for the offense to struggle in New England to win a lower scoring game. I can't believe the Steelers aren't at the bottom of the barrel and, and things like that. Are, are they, you said the, the culture fourth to last in which one points per game? It was, um, total touchdowns. Oh, total touchdowns. Are the Steelers last? Do you have it in front um, of you? 
Yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly. Let me see. There, there's, n- I can't imagine any team having less offensive touchdowns. But well, let's well, think too, because it's still touchdowns, so they'll have to factor uh, factor in Micah Fitzpatrick's pick six, which is you know a quarter of their total. <laughs> I was just gonna say <laughs> that takes up twenty percent of the of the scores this year. All right. Well, had while we're looking that up, what happened with uh, Boswell this week? I guess he was hurt. Yeah, he he was rolled out. Um, for the kicker was the silver lining. He at least did his job every time his number was called upon. He week. was what the most accurate kicker in college football history. At least that's what Tony Roma was saying. I, I think they said um, ACC history at Wake Forest or something. Oh, that makes a giant difference yeah, if it was, it was ACC history. And, and even the announcers were, like, talking crap. They were like, like, he was a very accurate kicker, but he has no leg. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing <laughs> with, with most accurate kicker. That just means you had the best percentage when, like, like maybe you were only, like, 19 for 20 or whatever. Or, I mean, 95% would be great. He was, like, 89% or whatever, which is great. But if you can yeah, only knock it too. in from 28 yards, like, you know, what, what difference is it? not very good. 89 percent yeah I feel like most college kickers aren't hitting that man I I don't know I I feel like you you rarely see these college guys that are like rookies they come in and then they're beasts you see like I don't know journeymen or like guys from out of nowhere you rarely see them getting drafted so the Steelers are tied for last in total touchdowns with two other teams and those two other teams' touchdowns were all offensive, though. So the Steelers were last in offensive touchdowns. Perfect. I was going to say uh, that makes sense, but not last in total touchdowns. Okay. So what was what was the stat you were just saying? Who are the two other teams tied with the Steelers in least total touchdowns this year? With eleven, <sighs> least total touchdowns. Um, Do you remember the Colts? So it's a three-way tie for last, and the Colts have twelve. So. Okay. Uh, Unless it's fourth to last, they're actually kind of second to last. Okay. Um, okay, I see what you're saying. Jeez, um, who sucks? Carolina? Mm, no. Okay. Uh, who else? Carolina has, oh my gosh, fifth. So just outside of the Colts, the next team's the Rams and Buccaneers. Oh, wow. Wow. For, for the last offensive? Yeah, so Colts have 12 and then the Rams and Bucks only have 13. Oh wow. That's crazy. Panthers have more tutties than the Rams and Bucks. Yeah. Well. It says But yeah, there are two teams if you want to take a guess that are tied with the Steelers. That are tied with the Steelers. Okay, so that was my first guess. Yeah. Uh I'm trying to think of who else. The uh, Texans. Texans are tied and one more. All right. Uh the Bears. Uh no. Let's see. Who else sucks? Uh, the Raiders have sucked. <laughs> Raiders do suck, but it's not them, actually. Um, Jeez. What what conference are they in? <laughs> uh, AFC. AFC. And it, it, it'll be funny once you get it. Uh, okay, Texans, I said already. Jeez. Uh, who else sucks? Uh, no, they not might have the, the worst quarterback in the league this year, including Kenny Pickett. Uh, jeez. Uh, just say because it's, it's going to be bad listening to me just like list off uh, teams yeah, in I my gotcha. head. Uh, uh, Denver. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Russell Wilson. Russ, let, let Russ cook. It's Lunchables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've been yeah. I, I, Denver's just been a mess this year. I, I'm I'm shocked. They have sucked. They were talking the, the whole like AFC West juggernaut thing has kind of gone up in flames. Yeah, that's crazy. And even when I'm looking at these total touchdowns, even the Giants and Titans, they're like near the bottom to you know teams that are winning their divisions or you know or at least playoff contenders. <laughs> okay, I'm looking at this right now, JP. Uh, Nick mm-hmm. Skiba, who they had, is the most accurate kicker in NCAA history. Oh, it was. I thought they okay. said ACC. Well, here, let me read this. This is from January 1st. Uh, this is from Deacons Illustrated, so I'm guessing it's the Wake Forest 
uh, website. Per NCAA record book, next Skiba sets career and a uh, field goal clip. Um, so it says the situation is Skiba made 80 of 89 field goals, uh, a percentage of 89.9. So I guess. And then Alex Henry from Nebraska as the all-time field goal making. Okay, so he, Alex Henry, I guess, who was Nebraska from 07 to 10, um, was the all-time field goal accuracy leader with 89.5. So Skiba beat him by point four, I guess. Okay. So, yeah, and, he was the I mean, all-time. That's what Romo kept saying. Like, I don't understand how you can be the all-time best at something in college and then not make an NFL team. Yeah, I guess it's just a lot of distance kicking is probably what it's more for. He probably attempted a lot of field goals that were less than 50 yards, 40 yards, or whatever. Yeah, he must have been like 100% in front of 40 and then missed it after there. Yeah, that's, that's what I would assume. All right, let's let's uh, let's go on to... Number four. For these last two ones, we're going to take two huge spreads and just hope for the best with these teams and put a lot of faith in. I'm going to take Kansas City minus 12 and a half against Tennessee. Wow. It's a substantial spread. And Tennessee. Why is it so big? Does Tennessee just suck? Well, Ryan Tannehill is banged up. And I think that they're leaning towards sitting him this week. So I think Malik Willis will get a second start. So this is kind of operating under the assumption Tannehill's out for me. Okay. Uh-huh, so is but, this one of the situations where it might be better to get on it now? Yeah, that's well, uh, that's tough. I, I would say get on it now. Uh, I don't know if if Tannehill does play, they they will alter the line. So I, w- I would get on this early. Uh-huh. Um, so if Malik Willis is the starter, they're going to Kansas City, which is not an easy task from the get go. He's coming off a performance where he only threw the ball 10 times because they were just pounding uh, Houston in the run game. But, yeah, Malik Willis went 6-10 for 55 yards for an interception in his um, debut. And uh, if they're looking to run run the ball, it's going to be difficult. Kansas City has given up the third fewest rushing yards this season. Um, and uh, their, first, <laughs> their first in total touchdowns where Tennessee's in the bottom 10. And uh, Tennessee actually has the fewest passing touchdowns all year. Oh, well, um, I was going to guess mm-hmm. for them to be up there, but I, I couldn't imagine. Mm-hmm. You know. Tennessee, they are 5-2, and two, but they're 5-0 and oh versus teams without a winning record and 0-2 oh and two versus teams with winning records, including a 41-7 to seven loss to Buffalo. Kansas City is the closest thing to Buffalo. And uh, Andy Reid is 20-3 and three in his career coming off a of bye week. I I think Kansas City is gonna light them up if they're forced to start Malik Willis. All right, and I, you know what? The thing with uh, somebody like Andy Reid, you see Mike Tomlin, and people are like the the how long he's not had a losing season. I'd rather have a couple losing seasons and have Andy Reid's you know twelve wins every other year, right? And all the NFC Championship games he's been to, and you know he, he's been such a better coach and this whole like non-losing season thing bothers me because you are media mediocre you are eight and eight for like six of those and the thing with a lot of those nfc championship games that he lost to he gets kind of punished for which i understand kind of saying that if they never win a super bowl but he did win a super bowl so keep in mind he was like a third place team every other year which I think we're on the same page when we, people say, like, Bradshaw was undefeated in Super Bowls. Okay, like, I'd, I'd rather have Brady's, mm-hmm. you know. Okay, I will lose a couple to still have that. Oh, well, well Namath, or not Namath. Well, I guess Namath was undefeated in Super Bowls. But uh, <laughs> Joe Montana was undefeated in Super Bowls or whatever. Yeah, that's cool, but give me the, the total. Because, what, Brady lost two? Okay, so he got two silver medals? Great. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's always a dumb argument when people say, well, they're undefeated in something when they the other person has just as many or more. Right. If, if we right. were if we were at a track meet and we were all sprinting, I would rather be in second than eighth. But people act like, OK, well, if you don't win, you lose. Yeah, I agree. But in some events, you know, like something else, they do hand out some other medals in this situation. There's one winner. So that is what matters. But let's not act like the class of everybody below is in the same level. 
It's the same people that would cry if you said that Jim Pluckett or Eli Manning was better than Roethlisberger because they were undefeated in Super Bowls. Yeah. Uh, I'd take Roethlisberger. Like, still, almost in any game, like, other than maybe Brady and his prime prime, because he's definitely not that anymore, but, like, you are always in a game with him. Brady also uh, just passed Ben for the most sacked quarterback in NFL history this week. I saw that. And what? Brady's played for how many more games (laughs) and years? Uh, Some things never change, you know. Protection up front for Pittsburgh, you know. Well, we were just talking. You said Brady was drafted in, what, 98? I think uh, 99, I think. Okay, so he has been on every single Madden that has had a a player on the cover. That's insane. Yeah, I think since 01, at least. Yeah, it was 01 with who, who was on the cover? Uh, Eddie George. Eddie George is the first cover boy. That's right. I remember him being on there. I remember who was on it. Dante Culpepper? Or was there a Viking on it? On one yeah, of them? he was too. Okay, yeah. That was the next one. Mm-hmm. And then what? Marshall Falk? Vic? Mm-hmm. Ray Lewis from there? Donovan McNabb? Is that who was on the next one? Have we had this conversation? I think we have. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure we have. We could probably keep going. <laughs> yeah. <too. laughs> um, I, it, it'll only well, be interesting for us. Start. They didn't start true cover boys till Madden 12 when Peyton Hillis got on. <laughs> yeah. I was just saying, <laughs> uh, I, I hooked up, uh, or I was hanging on my signed pictures on the on the wall in the basement, and uh, I busted out the Peyton Hillis signed picture. <laughs> Thought that was going to be worth a lot more. Maybe 08. Uh, maybe maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll give it Vince Young some credit. <laughs> the thing yeah. with Vince Young is Vince Young is at least like a, a all-time college football player. Yeah, he he could be like the coolest college football player of all time, and he was very iconic up to that point. The Texas USC game is is probably the most iconic college football game of like my generation of like yeah, the, the things my more, age has watched. Yeah, that's maybe that's one of the best sporting games of all time. I remember the the I think Miami and Ohio State game. I think in like two thousand one. I don't even know if that was a championship or if that was like a Sugar Bowl or something. But that just the NFL talent on that Miami team and Ohio State team. Yeah, I like those games and the uh, Hulk and Ladder, Statue of Liberty, Boise State, Oklahoma is another one. Oh uh, yeah, that. I, I yeah, that that <laughs> is. And I'm not like the biggest college football fan, but those ones for sure stick out to me. Mm-hmm. All right, let's. Uh, anything else you want to say about KC versus Tennessee? I, I, no, I'm just going to say, I, I think that uh, KC by two touchdowns is likely if they're forced to bench Ryan Tannehill. That's one of those uh, matchups that is like really close in uh, proximity on the map that you wouldn't really think about. Tennessee and yeah. Kansas City. Not that anybody gives a shit. Uh, let's go to number five. Like I said, we're sticking with the huge spreads here. Um, I'm going to take Buffalo minus 12 and a half against the Jets. I think this this loss for the Jets that they're coming off is a tough one, and I think we're going to start seeing a little bit, a little bit of a fall off here with them. Um, without uh, Brees Hall, who was their best offensive playmaker up to this point, um, but more importantly, Bills in the last four meetings are four and zero versus the Jets. And uh, how about the, the, these? This is where I feel very uncomfortable this week for the Jets. Bills. Um, are third in yards allowed per game um, at, at the top, obviously. And then the Bills, <clears throat> I, I heard last week, and this was surprising, have the highest pressure rate in the NFL and the lowest blitzing rate. Oh, wow. So their guys are just taking care of business. Yeah, uh, uh, and they're the team, as you said last week, scores the most points and allows the fewest. Those yeah. are literally like the two most important <laughs> things that translates to winning football games outside of maybe the quarterback play, and they have themselves a quarterback. Um, yeah, the, the, the Eagles who are undefeated, and we go back to this net points, which I like because it is. It's it's the amount of points you've scored versus the amount of points you've given up, and the Eagles are at 78 net points for, uh, which is pretty solid. That's number one in the NFC. Um, number two is actually the Cowboys at 50. Now, in the AFC, Chiefs 51 differential, um, and then but number one. So the Eagles are number two at 78. Number one, Buffalo Bills at 105. Wow. 
So that shows yeah. how much more they're scoring than giving up. They're six and one. I I, I think it's the Bills year. And unless they choke or there's an injury to Josh Allen or Stephon Diggs or something like that. Like we'll see. Their, their run game scares me a little, even though they just got Nikki Hines in a trade. Uh it, it's tough for them to put teams away. They'll beat you and then they'll let you back in. Yeah. I don't think Kansas City I think Kansas City's a team that they're gonna have to worry about who they're owing to against the playoffs. Um but back to the Jets, I wanted to say Zach Wilson, according to PFF, also ranks as the worst quarterback when facing pressure. Oh well, Bills are gonna get after him, and uh, and twelve he... and a half is a huge number, but I I think Buffalo can cover. That seemed like one thing when even when the Steelers played the Jets, that Zach Wilson seemed to be under pressure the entire game, and Wilson was like, I mean, he was just connecting on third downs and just prolonging drives, but he was he was rushed, he was uh, scrambling out, but I mean, the Steelers suck, so. It's hard to tell about that. Them against Buffalo, I mean, they're not going to make the same mistakes. Yeah, Jets are missing um, the the guard from USC. They're great young uh, second year pro, um, with, uh, Elijah Barrett Tucker. Yeah, he's been he's he's been great, and he's out this week. Uh, back to the left tackle, he's been dealing with injuries throughout his career, not up to his potential. And I think Buffalo is going to get some pressure with these guys. Gregory Rousseau's coming along wonderfully to pair with um von miller off the edge and mm-hmm. ed, ed oliver they just recycle these guys to get after their quarterback and then matt milano in the middle who was greatest best pass coverage linebacker uh Tredavious white should be back in the in the upcoming weeks and uh i mean jordan Poyer, one of the best safeties in the game that, that that's a team for you right there they're not a team that just like scores points but like, like we said they, they keep you under as well yeah, and they just score points at will, it seems like. It just seems like Mahomes and Allen are just guys that can flip their wrists and throw the ball 100 yards. Uh, Allen's touchdown pass in that last game, it looked like he short-armed it and just gunned it 40 yards almost. Like, it was yeah, all in his wrist. Like, it looked like he just followed through, like, halfway with his arm and just, like, just really a flick of the wrist, and it just shot out. Uh-huh. That, that's an incredible football team. I really hope they don't lose because uh, they, they rely on Josh Allen too much in the run game to the point where it really scares me. I, I think they're the most exciting team to watch right now. Yeah, I, I think they are. Them in Kansas City and even Philadelphia. I actually haven't had a chance to watch Minnesota at all, but I feel like that they could be an exciting watch too. That could possibly be the AFC and NFC uh, matchup. I, I would be fine with that. I would, too. If you base it from record, that's where we're, we're at today. Yeah, that would be the most exciting as of now. I would, I'd sign up for that. So we'll see. Once again, it's always about, I mean, the hot team, but it's also about the healthiest team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Healthiest teams get you there. All right, JP. Um, everyone listening, thank you so much. Listen to uh, the sports show, the Sports Extra with Sports Guy JP. Uh, Actually, I also want oh. to say 49ers is a team to keep your eye on, too. Yeah, definitely. We'll yeah, see how they they're, go. They're they're an exciting team too. Yeah, especially with Christian McCaffrey in there now. I'm I'm excited to see uh, what they can do. Kyle Shanahan always keeps people on their toes. Yeah, McCaffrey's coming off a game where he threw a touchdown, ran a touchdown, and caught a touchdown. I think he was the first player to to do that and also gain like 40 yards in NFL history. I just love the hybrid guys they have with Debo and Usechek. They're all hybrids there. George Kittle, they have the best left tackle in football. Great defense. Every unit, they're like Philly. Every unit is loaded. I like, I like, but the the thing is, I feel like Jalen Hurts can win a game where I don't know that Garoppolo comes in and wins you a game. Garoppolo's won over 70% of his games. Uh, I He's won them, but has, I feel like he keeps them in 70% and then they win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Hurts is definitely more talented. I think uh, that they should have tried to, like, I know he wasn't on the market, but I feel like a Taysom Hill guy would have been exciting to have seen in, with the Niners. He would he would be the final fit for like if they did the all like multiple position <laughs> team. Yeah, that would that would be exciting to see. I think it would be like a college team. It would be like uh, the Florida team with uh, Tim Tebow. Yeah, we're seeing more college implemented into the pros, and I mean it, it works. I don't know if it would have worked with Taysom Hill. I'd probably rather. 
have, uh, you know, an actual quarterback. They but also have the game where it's so much harder for people to play defense that you almost have to do that. That's like we were yeah. talking earlier about the lack of middle linebacker. I mean, who knows? Maybe just the the way the game's changing for fantasy, for gambling. They want more offense, and, you know, maybe the, the old ways have obviously changed. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm definitely in total agreement there. JP, you have anything else? No, I think that's it. We'll, we'll see uh, by week coming up. Hopefully it's a day of reflection for the Steelers, and hopefully they can uh, get on the right track. I know it's the thing that everybody always says, but, hey, the Steelers won't at least lose this week. Yeah, you know, they'll end up winning like four more games and then just get like the ninth pick and <laughs> everything. <laughs> well, that's what I was saying <laughs> earlier. I was like, I hope they lose. And you're like, I don't I don't see GMs doing that. I don't either. They'll never lose on purpose. But as a fan, I hope they don't win another game. Isn't it awful that Philly and uh, Seattle are both going to be picking before the Steelers because they just have draft picks from other teams? <laughs> Who does Philly have? Philly is loaded with picks. In the, I think they have two ones and two twos this year. Oh my or it's two ones this year and two twos next year. Is this Sirianni's but first yeah. year? No, he was there last year. And they were supposed to be written off and they made the playoffs. But uh, they got uh, the Saints pick this year. He, uh, he's been one of the most impressive coaches for me this year. Yeah, just the way they have flipped the roster is, is just incredible. And yeah. the, I mean, constructively, that them and San Fran have the best best rosters in football. Well, uh, San Francisco has John Lynch as their general manager, right? Mm-hmm. So that's interesting, seeing a former player like that. Um, I don't know who's in charge of uh, Philadelphia. but uh, No, they're aggressive, and that's what wins. Yeah, we, I like to see it. it it's... Uh, there's definitely some cool teams, some cool stories going forward. But like I said, I hope for my sake as a fan watching these other teams going forward, uh, everyone stays healthy because I want to see these, you know, Mahomes matchups against Allen. Cousins hurts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, last year's playoffs was the most exciting time, I think, in my lifetime of watching football and playoff teams and just the way the NFL has been recently. They really do put their best teams out there, and playoff football is totally different than the regular season. You really see teams that come through on situational football or the team that just doesn't make the mistake that gets the W. Yeah, turnovers, things like that. All right, JP. Um, as I was saying earlier, listen to uh, Poor Man's Podcast, Sports Extra, every Wednesday with Sports Guy JP. Listen for his five picks. We'll recap uh, Pittsburgh's matchup and preview next week's. Uh, and then we'll hit on a couple other storylines every week. Uh, listen to the regular Poor Man's Podcast every Monday. Uh, next week we have comedian Pete Morris, and we have Dustin Dowling, who's going to talk tech with us. So definitely tune in for that. Subscribe so you don't miss on anything. Subscribe on YouTube, too, so you can watch the regular Poor Man's Podcast every Monday around 6.30. JP, once again, thank you, as always, for uh, taking the time to join us. Absolutely. And for JP, I'm Chris. I'm going to say I'm so happy yeah. that I was allowed to be part of your day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. We can't promise not to embarrass you. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412 Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412 and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. You like that? You like that? You play to win the game. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie.